You know, l- last Sunday's message was just an awesome message. I almost, I almost called Elder Stowe and told him uh, to do part two of that message because I figured he got some more to say about that. But one of the things I heard him talk about in the message dealt with purpose. And, 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 and I began to focus on my purpose and our purpose as children of God. Amen? All of us are children of God, right? Amen. I, I, is anybody in here that's a child of God? Anybody ashamed to raise your hand and say, I'm a child of God? Amen. 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 Shake the person's hand and sit next to them. So, so, so we, we are children of God, and, and as children of God, there is a reason that we have been born into the earth realm and saved, okay? Uh, we've been born in the earth realm to glorify God, amen? There is nobody who is born into the world who does not belong to God, amen? Everybody belongs to God, amen? So, so everybody then can be called people of God, but then because we have come to faith in Jesus Christ, you and I now are called children of God. Amen. Jesus, in one sense, the Bible talks about him as our elder brother. Amen. We are the big brother. Amen. His name is Jesus, and he looks out for us. Amen. I remember being, you know, as a young boy, I remember when I would look out for my sisters. Amen. Even though they were older than me, and I thought that I was kind of bad, I would be ready to fight for my sisters. Amen. You know, and if anybody messed with my sisters, I was ready to go to battle. Now, I probably would have gotten beaten up. Amen. But I remember hitting one guy up beside the head because he did something I thought he shouldn't do. We were on the bus, and he did something he, he shouldn't have done. And I took my book, and I bam, hit him upside the head. Now, he was much bigger than me, but in my mind, amen, I had to look out for my sisters. Amen. Guess what? I got somebody looking out for me. Hallelujah. And he hits the devil up beside the head. He kicks him. Amen. He's already defeated him. Amen. When the devil starts messing with me, my big brother is on my side. Hallelujah. He fights for me. Glory to God. The battles really don't belong to me. They belong to the Lord. I thank God for Jesus. Amen. I thank God for Jesus. Amen. And so I am a child of God. You and I are children of God. Amen. And as children of God, we have a purpose And it's so important for us to understand our purpose in the earth realm. Every one of us has a prominent place in the kingdom of God. Every one of us has a prominent place in this orbit of journey of life. Amen? We we are on a journey. Our life is a journey. Amen? We start from point A, and one day we will finish up at point B. Amen? That's how swift it turns along the way.
good sound. Praise the Lord. Amen. I have wonderful sound up here, but that's okay. Uh, uh, but, but anyhow, so so I'm going to talk about this this journey just a little bit. Uh, I, I started something, and I want all of our young people to 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 come and be a part of this. And I invited our young people, and I'm going to say this. Come here, Trevor. You remember when Trevor? You remember when you first got saved? Yeah. Yes, sir. And when you come to the house, and you'd eat all day. And I'd invite the other young guys to come. They wouldn't come. Yeah. We call you, Trevor. We got some food over here. You come and you eat. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, 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 Trevor got some things that some other young men didn't get because they didn't accept the invitation. Come here, keep Rajon. Now I'm starting something else because I want my young people to walk with me. So this young man is coming. Amen. And he's getting some things. I'm taking my food. He's going to get some things that other young people are not going to get because they don't come. Amen. So the Lord is going to allow. You can sit down. I just want the people to see your face on camera. But, but I've invited our young people to come. I want you to walk with me over these couple of months before you go off back off to college or whatever, if you can. You know, and, and we're just going to have some conversations as we walk together in the Lord. It's, it's so critical. It's so critical that, that we do this. In, in your college years, there are some things that will happen to you. There are some things that you will encounter that you're not going to encounter when you get out of college. Amen. There's something about that, that closed environment in, count in college that causes you to experience some things that you will long for. Some of them you won't long for, but some of them you will long for once you get out of college. You get in the real world, and you got a job, and then you got bills to pay, and then, you know, you're looking for that, 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 that closed environment again, and you won't find. All right? So you have to create another environment of good people. You got to create another environment of good people. Part of that's our responsibility, amen, as the body of Christ, to help create that environment for our young people to have some safe folk around them, you know, uh, to, and young, young guys like Yasuto and whatever, you're on the workplace, you got you to gotta make sure that everybody you encounter, you know how to eat the fish and throw away the bones, amen? You know how to fellowship with people. You don't have to be like they are. You can, you can, you can fellowship with them and don't do what they do. Amen. I learned that in college. I learned that in college that I could fellowship uh, with people and not do what they did, you know, and still be liked. You know, everybody didn't like me, but they respected me, you know. I, I'll never forget my roommate. I came home from, uh, came home, went home one weekend, and the, that was back in the 70s, so our dorm had a window that opened, and I've told you all this story before. And I walked in the room. He had been smoking marijuana. He said, Rev, why didn't you tell me you were coming back early? He opened the window, turned the fan on, trying to get the smell of And I appreciated the fact that he respected me. He smoked marijuana, but he wouldn't do it around me. I didn't condemn him, you know, but I didn't want to smoke marijuana. I didn't want to smoke a cigarette, much less marijuana, you know. But anyway, so you meet people, you don't have to do what they do. You know, you don't have to snub your nose at them and act like you're better than them, amen, because we're not better than anybody, amen. We're just children of God, and it's important that we be who we are, 
Amen. It's really important that we be who we are. And in being who we are, we have a purpose in this world. Okay? We have a purpose in this world. Listen to me. Look at me good. Amen? How many people in here have children? How many people have grandchildren? Praise and How many people have nieces and nephews? Cousins. Young ones. Amen. Guess what? It's important that you be who you're supposed to be. When you are with them, when you are around them, even when, when you get with family. And sometimes our family acts crazy. Anybody having a crazy acting family? Yeah, you know. <laughs> we got some children raising our hands. <laughs> we, got, we got some children. We got some children in here saying we got some crazy cousins. <laughs> Amen. But it's so important that we understand that we have a purpose in this world. And I want to talk part, about part of that purpose, okay? Uh, in this passage of Scripture, it speaks to this. And I'm going to try to make this simple and make it quick, amen, in the next few minutes. Praise the Lord. I pr I'm going to promise that part. I'm going to try. All right? So in this passage of Scripture, it talks about something that deals with purpose, Amen. It speaks to us as children of God because it speaks to the nation of Israel. Amen. God, through, through the psalmist, God says, uh, and it's talking about God's kindness uh, to the rebellious Israel. All right. And so we want to look at the first part of it because it talks about, you know, what they should have been doing. All right. It says, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to generations to come, telling the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Amen. And then it skips down. It says that, that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them, though children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may know, that they may set their hope, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the words of God. So when I read that and I asked the Lord, so, so you're saying that, that we have a purpose. What is our purpose? Our purpose, first of all, as children of God, is not just to care of the name children of God, but we need to know our God. Yeah. Amen. We need to know God. Tell your neighbor, we need to know God. We don't just need to know about him. We need to know 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 him intimately and personally. Amen. Through Christ Jesus, we are able to have a personal relationship with God. Amen. God came in the form of Christ, in a man, to reveal himself to us. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Amen. So if you want to know God, know Jesus. If you want to know Jesus, you're not just going to pray and sing songs, but you're going to go to the word. And you're going to study the life of Christ so you begin to see Jesus and know who he is. And you read scripture in light of the century that it was written in so you can understand it in its context. We need to know God. Amen? So I'm not going to know God just because I pray. I am going to know God because I encounter him. I encounter him through his word. I encounter him in worship. I encounter him as I relate to other people. Amen? 
It is important for you and me to know God. Amen. Critical. You cannot say that you are a child of God and you don't know him. Amen. Amen. God is not an absent father. And I don't mean this negatively. I'm just telling the truth. There are a lot of absent fathers in people's lives. Amen? And sometimes it's difficult for people to relate to God that they don't see when they think about the word father because their father has been absent. But God wants to reveal himself to you in Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, parents, we play a key role. We play a key role in our children knowing God as father. And it's so important that we catch this. Because if we only relate to God from a spiritual perspective, amen, and nobody ever helps us to walk with and walks with us and helps to reveal God to us in Christ. And when we say reveal God to us, we're talking about revealing his characteristics. We're revealing his nature. Amen? So, so that our children may know him. And so when they begin to talk about Daddy, when they begin to talk about Abba, when they begin to talk about Father, then they begin to see not from an earthly perspective. The Holy Spirit has this, has this role in this, and he will play his role. Amen. The Holy Spirit will begin to form Christ in our hearts. Amen. We don't see the process. Amen. But he begins to form Christ in us. Amen. And begins to live out the life of God through us. So revelation knowledge comes forth. God begins to reveal himself to us so that we know him as father. And we begin to see how he takes care of us. So as we get older and we sing, Lord, you are good, we have some points of references. So it's not just a song that we sing, Lord, you're good, but there's a point of reference. There's a point of reference. Lord, you're good. So I look back and I see my daddy who had 11 children. And he, he was a pulpwood worker. He had his own trucks. And I see my, see my mother with 11 children. She couldn't go and get a job. But I see 11 children never going hungry. I see 11 children with shoes to wear to school, clothes to wear, 11 children in a three-bedroom house, and one in the bedroom belonged to mama and daddy. And food on the table. And so I look back and I say, Lord, you are good. I got a point of reference. What are some hard times? That was some hard times, but that was some good times. You know, we had an outside toilet, so when they built the house, the, the little room that was, was for the bathroom, for some reason they put the chimney, the chimney flew in, it was in the living room and in the bathroom, and I guess because it was so many of us, they, were, they put the wood heater in the bathroom area because it was the center of the house. So in the wintertime, all 11 of 13 of us would gather in that little room around the fire. But around the fire, Daddy would put sweet potatoes down in the ash box. And Daddy would, he would bring the, the skillet and, and, and say, okay, y'all slice up the potatoes. And, and he taught us how to, how to fry sweet potatoes on top of the hot stove. And I look back and I say, Lord, you are good. 
because on my first mission trip, when I went to Liberia, I spent 10 days in a village with no running water. So I didn't have a problem going to the toilet because I knew what a toilet was. I didn't have a problem getting water out of the well because I grew up going to the spring. I didn't have a problem taking a bath in a bucket because I knew what it was to take a bath in a number 10 tub. Are you understanding me? And so now when I look back, I say, Lord, you are, I've got a point of reference. We, 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 we can't forget, we can't forget where we come from. Tell your neighbor, don't forget where you came from. Your experience may not have been my experience, but you have had an experience. You have had an experience, if you, even if your parents did not know the Lord, amen, in a very intimate way, if they had some kind of acquaintance of the Lord, they would tell you, they would, would not, they would tell you things about the Lord. Amen. I know I'm telling the truth because I know some people who had problems with alcohol and when they would kind of get high, they would talk about the Lord. Now, God has a way. You know, you got to pay attention to some things, you know. And so as I, as, as I grew older, it became my responsibility to know the Lord. Let me tell you what I learned, okay. Uh, and, 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 and so I grew up in the church, and Yesuto, we'd go to Blair, and they would sing the song. They said, he said, Dad, what are they singing? But, but, but I shared with Rajan this morning, I said, you know, some things are intended for us to ask questions of the faith. So when I start learning the songs, all right, I didn't just sing the songs. I would ask, now what in the world does that mean? So we would sing the song in the heat of the day. Anybody know that song? In the heat of the day. In the heat of the day. You know that I'm gone. In the So I would, I, I, would, I would ask the question. Okay, so they're singing the song in the heat of the day, and I asked Ray John this morning, I said, now, I said, now, I want you to think about this, and I want, you to, I want you to apply that to your life. Because it's not enough just to sing the songs, but you got to apply it to your life. And he applied it rightly. So what I, what I thought about was I could see my grandmama and my and my great aunts and uncles, and they, they farmed, and they raised cotton. And even though I didn't know much about them doing it, but I saw the, the shows on television of our people working in the cotton fields. They had to work. They would go early in the morning, and they'd work all day long. In the heat of the day, they might have taken a break to go to the spring and get water and eat a piece of bread, but they had to go back and work. They had to bear their burden in the heat of the day. And so in my life, even though I'm not working in the cotton fields, there are things that I go through in my life. There are trials and there are tribulations. There are difficulties that I have in my life. I can't give up under pressure. I've got to bear my burden in the heat of the day. It's not good enough to, to, to stand when things are going well. 
I got to bear my burden. I got to bear up under this burden when the sun is hot and beating down on me, when the devil is fighting me on every hand, when he's he was fighting me on the right hand and fighting me on the left hand, when there's sickness in my body, when there's trouble in my life, I've got to bear my burden. I remember a song, I remember an old song that, that, uh, that they used to sing, the, the, old, the senior choir would sing the song and said, tell heaven, I'm coming. Tell them that I'm coming on home someday. You know that I've been running, running ever since I made a start. Running ever since I made a start. But I'm running up the narrow way. I learned that, listen, I learned that as a child. We don't talk about dying until somebody, you come to a funeral. But the old people sang about death and dying. So I made up my mind as a young boy that I was going to heaven one day. Are you hearing me? I made a decision in my mind, I'm going to heaven. I am not dying and going to hell. The devil cannot have me. I'm going, I'm on my way to see Jesus. Heaven is my destination. So when they sang songs, there were messages even in the song that helped focus, that helped focus us. Well, me, I don't know about anybody else. Oh, I can just sing all day long today, you know. But I'm not going to sing all day long today. But this is a part of the journey of knowing God. It's a part of the journey of knowing God. And parents, we have a responsibility to help our children know God. What is easier to remember, a song or a scripture? So we don't sing the songs of Zion at home. If we don't sing the songs of Zion at our house, And the only place our children hear the songs of Zion are when they come to the sanctuary. There is a disconnect between daily life and faith. I don't think I sing them enough for my song, for my son. I need to sing them more. Watch out. You're 23 years old. You're still not too old. Listen, that awful day will surely come. The appointed hour make haste. When I must stand before my judge and pass the solemn test. That awful day. What day are you talking about? The day of judgment. They sing that song. And I will be thinking about that awful day. 
surely come. It's coming. It's coming. Songs of the faith. You know, the songs we sing today are wonderful praise songs, but I don't think they communicate the message that a lot of those old songs sang. Someone said this, and since all of us in here are of the same color, I'm going to say it this morning. At this conference, someone said this. A lady was preaching, and she said, we have a closer connection to the persecuted church in the world than any other people on the face of the earth. But she didn't say it like that. She actually referred to our brothers and sisters of the other persuasion. You think about what our people have been through and the persecution that our people have gone through. Not just in America, but for us in America, for a large part in America. But when you think about Africa and how, how Africa was raped by, by European and, 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 and other nations and persecuted black people. So if anybody should be people who are of faith and people who understand what it is to go through things and people who connect to the persecuted church, we should. But we've got to tell the story of our faith. See, my son doesn't know going into the doctor's office and there's a white waiting room and a colored waiting room. They don't know the white drinking fountain and the black drinking fountain. Colored, not black. Colored drinking fountain. They don't know the white bathroom and the colored bathroom. You can't forget where you came from because if you forget your story, you'll forget. You won't have any idea of who you are. And then here you are, you're trying to mix in. And then some folk don't want you to mix in. And now you're rejected. And you don't know why you're being rejected. Now somebody else is preferred over you and given, given a job higher than you that you are qualified for and you don't, you're all broken and, because you don't understand the whole story. And they don't understand it either. Not this generation because they think, well, everything's hunky-dory. Somebody said something to me yesterday. I said, well, you can't say that now. I said, I can say it but you can't say it. You can't come in our church and say that because you will totally offend somebody. Somebody be ready to cut your neck off. Not that we're violent people, but we want to cut your neck off in the spirit. <laughs> Amen. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Peter got the sword. He was ready to start a revolution. He cut the man's ear off. Jesus had to calm him down. But we have to know God and part of knowing God all of you who have young children, part of knowing God is communicating the faith. God is not sitting high and lifted up, sitting high and looking low. He's high and lifted up, but he's among us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's with us. He's walking with us. Old people are saying, walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. 
They knew what they were saying. Jesus wasn't coming out of heaven to walk with them, but through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we got these things inside of us, they live in us. They're things, something can trigger a song, amen, that, that I learned a long time ago. I wasn't even thinking about it. But because I was brought up in the faith and I asked questions of my faith, I didn't just sing the song. questions because I wanted to know God. We've got to know God and we've got to know the faith. Know the faith. There is, there is the faith that has been communi communicated to us through the apostles from Jesus Christ. This Christian faith we must know and the only way we're going to know it is that we get in this word and we've got to study it. We've got to dig it. We've got to understand the scriptures from the perspective for which it was written. Because a lot of times when you're reading and it doesn't make sense to you, it makes a whole lot of sense when you begin to understand that it was written to a particular people, a particular point in history, a, in a particular culture. And then I ask, Lord, how does this apply to me? I got to know the scriptures. I got to know the faith. I've got to know, and this is a lifelong journey of faith. You can't go to seminary, and, and those of us who've been to seminary, you can't go to seminary and know the faith. You can start knowing about the faith. But this is a lifelong walk with the Lord. Don't take this lightly, young people. Don't take this lightly. I know you got a lot of things going on. You have a lot of stuff in your life, but you got to take time to get into the word of faith and know the faith. Gotta know the faith. Lastly, uh, that was the last, that was the next to the last point. I think I just talked about the last point. The last point is you gotta transmit it. You gotta transmit it. You gotta transmit it. Paul's talked to Timothy and he said, I remember the faith of your grandmother, Lois, and your mother. And now the faith that is in you, okay? They communicated the faith from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. When the children of Israel crossed the Jordan, Joshua said to the priest, "Take each one of you take up one stone and build a, build a monument on the other side of Jordan. So that when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You can tell them of your, in essence, of your journey of faith, who includes your God. Because that's not a journey of faith without God. What stones do you have in your life that will, that will prompt your children to ask you, what does this mean? that will prompt your children or your grandchildren to ask you, what does this mean? And see, saints, one of the reasons it's so important for us to know that our victory is in Jesus and that the Lord is good, that his mercy is everlasting, is because sometimes we are bombarded with so much stuff, if we're not careful, we will get caught up in fighting battles that God doesn't intend for us to fight, and we won't do the things that God intends for us to do. We're at our houses fighting with one another when we ought to be reading the scripture. 
when we ought to be communicating faith. Y'all not listening to me this morning. The devil will get you so caught up and so angry and so so busy with, with work and career and trying to make it and be something in life, so caught up in problems that are going on, you know, that you forget the important things of transmitting this faith to these little ones that the Lord has brought your way. And for those of you who have grandchildren, you have another opportunity. If you missed the first one, now you got the second one. Lord have mercy. Don't mess up the second time. I know God's the God of a second and a third chance, you know, but catch this one because we've got to communicate this faith. If our children do not have faith, how are they going to make it? We don't want them to forget God. We want their hope to be in God. We have found out that God is worthy of our hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust. Sweetest frame. I wholly, I totally lean on Jesus' name. I've learned that if I place my trust in God, He'll make a way out of no way. He will. He'll do it. He will turn my enemies into my footstool. He will do it. He will fight my battles for me. So my hope is in God. I don't want my son or my grandchildren, whenever they come, and I don't mean any disrespect for this, but I got to get this implanted in our minds. After I say I do. Amen. I don't care how many people have messed up. We got to go back to saying that was wrong. God has an order. You got to do it in God's order. Don't be ashamed of telling people it's wrong to have children out of wedlock. Don't, and don't be offended if you made the mistake. You made the mistake. You can't go back and change it. You can't send the baby back. Take care of the baby. Raise the baby. Love the baby. But don't get no more. Put a ring on her finger. Put it in a house. An apartment. Can't get an apartment. Get a trailer. Get a mobile home. Put it somewhere. And you be that with her and you raise your family. Together. Yeah. We made mistakes. We can't change. And, and yeah, we feel bad about the mistakes we made, so I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. But we can't stop saying it's wrong. We got to be the church of Jesus Christ. This is the faith. We got to tell our young boys that you don't see a girl as a sex object. You see her as a special person created in the image and likeness of God and you treat her like you want your sister to be treated. Amen. You don't want nobody taking advantage of your sister, then you don't take advantage of another girl. Vice versa. Girls, you, because these are some girls today are, whoo, Lord have mercy. It ain't always the boys. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. No, sir, no, sir, no, sir. And it, all, and it ain't always the young ones. Mm, there's, some, there's some old heads out here. 
They call them cougars or whatever they call them. <laughs> There's a rough ones out here. Amen. Amen. Listen. We got to transmit the faith. And sometimes, because we don't know the faith, we don't transmit the faith. Sometimes because things have happened in life and we don't know how to respond to it, we stop transmitting the faith and we transmit the world's version of right and wrong. You know, sometimes we don't want to hurt our children's feelings. Baby, old folk didn't care whether your feelings were hurt or not. They would tell you. They would sit you down. Can I talk about the way the old people? <laughs> you know, and I know, I'm not saying all that was right, but they had a standard. They were trying to teach a lesson. So if you got pregnant out of wedlock and you couldn't sing on the youth choir no more, you become a woman. Now you the way you going the way of a woman now, and you didn't just come out and your baby was all over the church and everywhere. You know, no, 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 no. Somebody wouldn't even let the children hold somebody else's baby that was born. Uh -uh, you ain't getting that fever. I'm not saying it was right, but they were trying to communicate something. And a lot of times, our, old, our parents didn't know how to communicate things in a loving way. So we learn how to communicate in a loving way, but we still got to communicate. Don't stop communicating the faith. Because I did wrong does not mean that I cannot, that I don't have the right to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. Because I did wrong and know it's wrong, I got more of a responsibility. Don't walk the way I walk. Don't do what I did. We all want, we all want to live holy. Heard a man say yesterday, for 60-something years, he talked about the things he had not done. And I said, Lord, you know, that's wonderful for us, to for us to testify about that. But the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I won't try to take away from the man's testimony, but the bottom line is, you may not have done that, but you did something. All right? It does not negate the fact sin is still sin. We communicate the faith. We own our responsibility and we say in the faith, this is the faith that we live by. And the church has to come back to the faith of Jesus Christ. The faith of the Bible, which is faith in God. We don't want our children to lose hope in God. That's our vision. Our vision. And without vision, they cast off restraints. So don't miss your part. Don't miss your part. You got a part to play. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. God gives you a part to play every day. Don't miss it. Don't miss your part. That's why he created you. That's why he saved you. Live out your purpose. Communicate in this faith in God to the generations that are to come. We want to raise children knowing God. We've made some mistakes because we don't start at five years old with a lot of us teaching the scriptures to our children. 
But now we know the truth. So now we can start at five, your children can start learning the scriptures. I know they can learn because watch them doing those little dances. You go to family reunions and family gatherings and people talk about how cute it is when they act all silly like that. They're acting like. So they can learn the scriptures and then get the family to applauding them for saying Jesus wept. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Get your family to applaud them for learning the scriptures at five and six and seven. And then by 10 years old, they're ready for another level of learning so that they grow up in the faith. So then Christianity now is not something we do on Sunday. It's how we live every day. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. I am a child of God at home, when I'm in the car, when I go on a mission trip, when I go on vacation, I'm still a Christian. I am a Christian. There's no separation. That's not what I do at church or when, quote unquote, at church because we are the church. Not what I do when I come to the sanctuary and then there's something else I do when I leave out of the sanctuary. Don't miss your part. We can transform. We can turn our world upside down. We can do it by doing what God called us to do. You'll be amazed when people get focused in on the change that really takes place. Generational changes. 